Hey, what's up, everybody? This is TJ Laurie, and you are tuned in to the Worry Less, Pray More radio broadcast. Today, we're talking about Thanksgiving, and it might not be exactly the way that you think. So get comfy, because here's Chris. Hey, welcome to the Worry Less, Pray More radio program. I'm Chris Seinwechter. I'm going to be your host for the show. In the studio with me right now is a good friend of mine, TJ Laurie. My co-host, what's up, TJ? What's up, Chris? How's it going? It's going good. I think we're going to have a good show today for our listeners, so I'm excited. Yeah, man. Yeah, let's roll with it, dude. Yeah, so we're, you know, today is Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, if you look around in our world today, there's a lot of things not to be thankful for, actually. You know, uh, like there's things happening, TJ, right now in our world that you would say, oh, that would have never happened. You know what I mean? And there's all kinds of things that can steal your thanks and, and your thanksgiving. But what I want to talk about today is, man, don't let it, because what I want to share today is thanksgiving is so stinking powerful. The Bible has a lot to say about thanksgiving and prayer, and that's what I want to talk about today. You know, I spoke at a, at a prayer breakfast, and it was called the 2017 Atlantic County prayer breakfast. And so I just took that name and wrote a message out of it, uh, Thanksgiving prayer breakfast. And, you know, because when you look at the Bible, Thanksgiving is powerful, right? And, and being prayerful or, you know, having a lifestyle that prays about everything is extremely powerful, but it's rare. And when people look around in the world today, they look at, you know, uh, these shootings or these things are going on all over the place you know, uprisings and everything, and they're saying, Chris, what, what is there to be thankful for? But actually, there's a lot of things to be thankful for. What a lot of people don't know, TJ, is thanksgiving, giving of thanks, attracts God's attention in a good way, and that's why it's so powerful, and that's, you know, uh, what I talked about at that prayer breakfast. Right, so in the prayer breakfast today, you, you spoke about, you actually quoted a verse um, do you remember where that verse was from? It was right in the beginning, and it was like... Yeah, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. With thanksgiving, present your request unto God. That's Philippians 4, 6. Right, so when I hear that verse, I think like there, there's a couple things that come to my mind. And really the first thing that I think about is what comes first. Does thanksgiving come before the prayer? Or it does the prayer come before Thanksgiving? It's kind of like that chicken and the egg thing. Yeah, that's and, good, man. You know, so like, do we essentially like, do we pray and then we're thankful for the answers to prayer that God's given us? And then we're, you know, we're thankful for that. Or are we just supposed to have a spirit of thankfulness for just, just everything and then keep, keep praying, keep praying and then continually, it's like a, it's like a process. So what would you say to that? If someone said, what, what comes first? I would say, well, first of all, I would say both of those things are correct because it says in First Thessalonians five seventeen, um, you know, to give thanks for God, to God, for all things. For this is the will, you know what I mean, for God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, the Bible has a lot to say about being thankful. And actually, in Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight verse forty seven, I don't have it here before me. Of course, I can look it up. But it, it in Deuteronomy it talks about all these blessings right, that God will bestow upon the children of Israel. He's talking to Israel, and he's, as a matter of fact, he even said, these blessings will pursue you, picture a runner running after you, and overtake you, or, or a, maybe a police officer running after a suspect or whatever. But God said, if you do all these things, these blessings 
will basically pursue you and overtake you, outrun you, catch you, tackle you. You know, the blessings will. Imagine that. The blessings of God actually pursuing you. But it says in Deuteronomy 28, 47, it talks about not being grateful, right? And not being thankful for all these things that God has done. And it says instead of the blessings pursuing you, it says that your enemies will overtake you. You know what I mean? So the Bible, and I'm just using that as an example, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures have so much to say about thanksgiving, but it's right in the center of God's heartbeat, being thankful. And in the New Testament, it's, it's like one of the fruits of the Spirit. You know, it says that we should be thankful and, and sing hymns. So it covers the whole gamut from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But to your question and to your point, does thanksgiving come before prayer or does prayer come before thanksgiving but i think the scripture has the answer it says first and that's why i named my book worry less pray more and not pray more worry less because i went right to the scripture and the scripture says in philippians 4 6 don't worry so the first thing it says is don't worry secondly be prayerful pray about everything thirdly with thanksgiving so i think the answer to that one question is worry Stop worrying, pray, and be thankful. You know what I mean? Is what I gather when I read the verse. Now, somebody out there listening to me might have a different spin on it, but, I mean, that's just the, the sequence of the Scripture. It says, don't worry, pray, and be thankful. You know what I mean? So, And it, I, I don't know if you've ever been around a very thankful person. I don't know if you can even think of anybody right now that's extremely thankful. But There's always one guy in my head that comes to mind. And that when I think it's a guy, his name's Matt Ebersol, and he would never be listening to this. He and I haven't seen him in years. He was a friend of mine when I lived in California, and it's funny because every time I'll talk, be talking about California with my dad, he always brings up this one guy because you would talk to him, and that he just had a spirit of thank, a spirit of thankfulness, and you would ask him like, "Hey, Matt, man, how's it going?" Like you know, or like there was time, he had been through a lot, but he'd always be like, "Man, I'm just so blessed, dude. I'm just so blessed to be able to be out here. I'm just wow. so you know." That was always his like first like. It was his go-to, like, I'm just blessed to be able to be surfing today mm. out here in the water. Like, he always had a spirit of thankfulness for whatever he was doing. And I always looked at him and I always thought, like, I want to be like that. I have never gotten to that point. But when I think about someone like that, and I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what he's up to to this day. Um, but it was always cool to, like, witness someone who has that spirit. And it, it always made, it was a testimony to me right. because I would get down on things, like, real quick. And I'd be like, I'd be the first person to be like bashing something you know like if it yeah. wasn't going the way that i thought it right. should go yep. but then when i look at him he'd be like man free tacos yeah you know like <laughs> he, he's found the way to be thankful yeah and I'd, I'd be like the tacos are dry like yeah. the fish is dry like and right. be like dude it's free tacos yeah so, and free is better than cheap free is better than cheap man <laughs> definitely free is better than pretty much anything hey, man. <laughs> uh, i i agree you know, it's, it's funny. I, when I think of Thanksgiving and a person thankful, maybe if you're listening right now, try to think of somebody that you know that's very thankful and see who comes to mind. And I guarantee you, if you think of that person, it puts a smile on your face. Because I'm thinking of a guy that lives in Hamilton. He's a pastor. His name's Dan McCanny. And he's actually the owner and operator of a juice bar. It's called Ohana Juice Bar. It's actually, Ohana means family. So uh, he's one of the most thankful guys I've ever met. And he's always smiling. And, you know, just to be around this guy is just, it's a blessing. It just, it rubs off on you. Totally. You know what I mean? But he told me a crazy story. I mean, I'm going to share a crazy, crazy story right now about Thanksgiving. He was on the New Jersey Turnpike. Have you, have you ever been on the New Jersey Turnpike? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I grew up around, you know, like Exit Zero. Exit Zero, Salem <laughs> County. Yeah. Love that place. 
but uh, that's the that's yeah, right before the Delaware Memorial Bridge. Yep. Right. So the when you get up further north, right, the uh, the the turnpike gets crazy. You know, if you get in Newark, in Newark International Airport, which is one of the busiest airports in America, it's just all these roads and offshoots, and all, it's just crazy. But uh, this guy, Dan, who I'm telling you about, who's in Hamilton, he was on the Jersey Turnpike with a group of guys, and they, they broke down, so they pulled over into the median, and they're working on the car. And he said this one particular guy that they, that they hung out with every so often was the most thankful guy that he ever met on the planet, right? I forget his name. But he's telling the story, and, and the guy is actually thanking God that they're broken down, right? So the guys are getting mad at him. You know what I mean? They're like, dude, what, what do you find? So, you know, why can you thank God about this and that and the other? And, and so he's thanking God because that's his normal course of, of business. And guess what happens? A car, this is a true story, a car is driving by. And this guy, picture this now, this guy's in the median thanking God. A car drives by, the front hubcap on the passenger side pops off okay do you know what flew out of that hubcap a bunch of money ones 20s 10s fives is flying all over the turnpike no way and this guy is saying i told you god was good and all this stuff this guy uh dan mccann told me this story and he said it's a true story chris as crazy as it sounds he goes i was there and this thankful guy was there and god found a way to bring that blessing i think if you're thankful that you attract the favor of God. I, I, I definitely believe you attract the eyes of God. You know what I mean? What would God rather look upon and bestow his favor upon? Somebody who's grumbling? The Bible has a lot to say about grumbling. Or somebody that's thankful. You know what I mean? But isn't that a crazy story? That is crazy. And not to mention the eyes of God, but the eyes of other people. Oh, yeah. You know, like so what true. a testimony that is when you're around that person. And you, it, like you said, it rubs off. It rubs you off. You know, being around a thankful person. And, and if you're not a believer and... You're just around somebody who has that spirit. Mm. It's it's one of those questions I think that you would have to ask yourself: Why are they different? Right. You know. That's so good. Yeah. And another no, on the opposite side of the coin, because today is Thanksgiving and we're talking about being thankful. And I want I want to talk about how to be more thankful in 2018 because we're closing 2017 out. You know what I mean? And one of my personal goals in my life, and I'm not always thankful, but one of my goals because I know it pleases God. So I'm, I'm trying in 2018 to divide my life up into areas and just find different ways to please Him. And I know for a fact that if I develop and cultivate, you know, it's going to have to be an effort because it just doesn't happen naturally. I want to cultivate Thanksgiving because I want to please the Lord, you know, more in 2018 than I did in 2017. Does that, you know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on the opposite kind of, of Thanksgiving, the polar end of the opposite of that is somebody that grumbles and complains, right? And we've all done that. But I used to work out in this gym, and uh, the gym was actually at the barracks where I was assigned at this time. And I would go into this gym, beautiful gym, you know, squat rack, everything you needed to get a great workout. And there would be this guy in there, and he had, like, I, would, I, I don't know what his problem was, but he complained about everything. He complained about our salaries, complained about this, complained about the cars we drive. Uh, you know, I went in there like three times. And when, but I'm saying after the third time, because I couldn't even concentrate and get a workout in it. That's how bad. I'm talking this guy grumbled to the extreme or grumbled, you know, more than the average bear. You know what I mean? So I would open the door up and I'd look for this guy, TJ. And if he was in the gym, guess what I would do? You'd leave. I would leave. I would get, I would get my workout in somewhere else or at another time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not while he was in there. And uh, I know uh, I'm thinking that 
grumbling and complaining grieves the Holy Spirit, which resides exclusively in people who believe in Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? So I don't want to do that. I want to grieve the Holy Spirit. So my goal for 2018 is to develop Thanksgiving, and I got a great way to do that, a simple way, but a powerful way, how we can all cultivate Thanksgiving, more Thanksgiving in our lives. You know, and I want to share that with the verse that we shared, Philippians 4, 6. says, don't worry about anything, right? Instead, pray about everything with thanksgiving. So I think if you develop what I call an active prayer life, a lifestyle that depends on God as a father, not just a God, but a father, if you develop this lifestyle, you start praying about little things like the parking spot, you know, all these different things, you're going to see God show up in your life more than the average Christian. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of people go to church. A lot of people, you know, know the Lord. But not a lot of people pray about everything. We just heard a testimony this weekend from Matt Glancy, who went on the uh, Saints, what is it called? The Saints mission trip? The Saints, yeah, the Saints prison ministry trip. It was a softball mission trip where they went into the prisons and actually played softball games against inmates. So that was a group from our church, Coastal Christian, that went down. Right. Um, and and what did, each, did that. each guy have to raise to go into Louisiana, from New Jersey to Louisiana? What did they have to raise? I think it was $700, just say, roughly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure because I know the church, thankfully, helped cover a lot for right. the guys. So, but yeah, but they did have to raise funds on their own. I think Matt shared room. that he had to raise $700, right. and somebody approached him and said, hey, did you pray about it? And what was his answer? I honestly, I thought that was you. Yeah, so did my daughter. My daughter <laughs> nudged me in the in 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 the seats and said, "Was that you, Dad?" Yeah, it was, I was like, "Oh, that's something Chris Einwick." I'm would gonna say. have to confess right now on the radio that it was not me. I wish it would have been me, but it wasn't. Thankfully, and thankfully, it wasn't because yeah. there's somebody out there thinking, being prayerfully minded. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. But so they prompted Matt and said, "Did you pray about it?" Talking about raising the seven dollars to go on this mission trip, and and his answer was, "Not yet." No, not yet. And it's it's I find that a lot. You know, so he he stopped, dropped, and he prayed right. And guess what happened? The seven hundred hours came in, and he went in the, on the missions trip. He saw God show up on that missions trip, as all those guys did. What a blessing, right? But the fact is, that provision that he needed did not come until he prayed about it. And it's powerful because there's a verse in the Bible, Lamentations three twenty-five, and it says this: God is good to those who depend on Him. How do you depend on God? Through the means and the mechanism of prayer. That's how you depend on God. People say, well, I can't pray about that. I can't pray about, you know, the parking spot at the mall during Christmas season or, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's almost like people don't want to waste God's time. Right. But God has all the time. He's God. But what people don't realize is he would rather have your dependence than you trying to find a parking spot on your own because it does so much more. It cultivates Thanksgiving. When, when God showed up for Matt Glancy and provided the money to go on that trip, guess what Matt was? Thankful. Right? So what I'm just saying today on this Thanksgiving broadcast, if you take the time to develop your prayer life, a life that you don't have to need, I'm not talking about elaborate prayers. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about praying at Old King James English. I'm just talking about, hey, Lord, I need a little help with, you know, my uh, golf swing, which I share a lot. You know, I travel. I spoke today somewhere. I shared how I prayed about my golf swing. And people are like, dude, how can you pray about your golf swing? Because God's a father and not just a God. Ephesians 1.5 says he's in the adoption business. The word adopt is literally in the Bible. And if you pray about everything, TJ, you're going to see God show up, right? 
But more than that, more than that, not only is God going to answer your prayer, he might not answer every prayer because he knows what he's doing. He's a great father. But you, when you start seeing God show up in your life, you're going to be thankful. Amen? Amen. That's what I like about it. Yeah, definitely. Just on a side note, how many times in your life have you prayed for parking spots? Oh, man. I don't know. I know there's a couple stories in there about Yeah, there was spots. one when, well, you ever heard of the King of Prussia Mall? Oh, totally. Yeah, so the King of Prussia Mall, is, they say, how do they say it? They say arguably one of the largest malls or not, maybe the largest mall in America. There's something. Yeah, next to, I think there's one in Minnesota yeah, called the Mall of America. Yeah, there's one in Minnesota. America. People go back and forth. It's either the King of Prussia or the one in Minnesota. Yeah. Anyway, for our listeners, they can get the picture that this is a big mall, right? It's giant. Right, huge. And we're there, me and my wife, Lori, are there during the Christmas season, I think like two years back, maybe three. TJ, there was literally no parking. And it's like 15 degrees out. It's Christmas, you know, in Pennsylvania, and it's cold. So I'm driving, and kind of like Matt Glancy, I'm not praying about it yet, right? Because who prays about parking spots? Who, you know, does that? So I finally surrender. I'm like, what am I doing? You ever have the light bulb go off? Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, let me just pray about it. Lord, would you please provide a parking spot? So everybody is in the same uh, mode. They're all, you've seen brake lights everywhere. Everybody's trying to find that next parking spot. They're waiting for the reverse lights to come on. They're going to stop what they're doing. They're going to put their four-way flashers on. And then as soon as that person backs out, they're zipping in. That's what we were doing. It's like a battlefield of parking spots at the King of Prussia Mall. TJ, I pray about it. I drive like two more loops. I'm coming up to the very front door of the mall. There it is. The reverse lights come on. I slow down, put my foot on the brakes. Car backs out. There's cars all over that are seeing the spot. But the way this guy backed out and like blocked everybody else, and the way God did it, opened a spot for me. I park in the very next spot, next to the curb, to the step, to the door, 15 degrees out. And, you know, because I prayed about it, there's 7.8 billion people on the earth. How many of them are praying about parking spots? I don't know. But I'm going to pray about a parking spot. Probably a whole lot more after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Prayer. You can't. You know what I wanted to say during the prayer breakfast where I spoke at today, but I didn't say? Prayer. What can prayer do for you? If you're a person who seldom prays and you started cultivating a life of prayer, what harm can come from starting to pray about things? What bad can come from it? Yeah, exactly. Only good can come from, you know, starting an active prayer life. Make it a goal in 2018. I'm going to start to pray about everything. You know what I mean? I'm going to experience God, not just as a God, but as a father because of an active prayer life. I'm going to see God show up. I'm going to see his fingerprint on my life. What bad can come out of that? Amen? Amen. Yeah. No bad can come Nothing. out of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Going back to the parking spot story, I, I have a, a like kind of a running joke with my wife, Sarah, that when we get a good spot, you know, if something like that opens up and we get to pull in, we always say jackpot. And it's oh, always wow. our, our, like our initial, you know, she does it in kind of a funny voice and we always laugh about it. And it's almost been since we first started dating. That's just been like a running joke with us. And it, it's funny, as you're telling the story, I'm thinking about that. We always think, oh, yeah, jackpot. Like, we're so lucky to get this spot. Mm. But if only I would have prayed about it, mm. I would have, instead of thinking how lucky I am, I would have thought, man, thank you, God. Like, right. I'm so thankful for this spot that you did this That's for so me. Good. That's you what know? I'm talking about. Yeah, like, you know, people say, I want to be more thankful. Well... Be more prayerful. I think it's the path. You know what I mean? I was at a restaurant in Mays Landing. Uh, it's called Cousin Mario. It's been around for a long time. Great restaurant. Four brothers own it. And uh, 
Um, so anyway, I'm in there and, and I order a meal and I eat. My, one of my favorite meals, by the way, of all time is stuffed shells. I just, I just love stuffed shells. You know that regatta cheese that's in there or whatever. And then you get a little garlic bread. And I just love Italian food and I love these stuffed shells. And so that's what I'm having. And I think it was me and my wife. And this is quite a few years back, right? So we're done. I, I, I take the bill and I go up to the counter where the cash register is. And you know what they tell me? Your bill's paid for. Somebody came up to the counter while you were eating and paid for it. And I was like, are you kidding me? But here's the thing. Because I couldn't see who it was, I just chalked it up as God moved on somebody's heart. You know, Proverbs 21.1, the heart of a king is in the Lord's hand. He turns it any way he wants. So who did I thank when I got back to the table? God. So I know for a fact, like, you'll never convince me otherwise, that an active prayer life develops a thankful heart. You know what I mean? And today being Thanksgiving, what a, what, what a better day, or there's no better day than right now to start an active prayer life so you can start to experience God as a father and develop a thankful heart. Because you're going to be thanking God a lot. You know what I mean? Because he's going to be showing up a lot with an active prayer life. Definitely. Good stuff, man. So by the way, to all our listeners, if you want any more information on anything that we're talking about today, you know, worrying less, praying more, being more thankful, um, you can pick up a copy of Chris's book. Um, it's really awesome. I'm actually uh, eight chapters in. Uh, I just awesome. started the, the ninth chapter, and uh, it's, it's an easy read. It's quick, um, but he has a, a lot of really good um, ideas in there about um, how to pray about everything and, and simply how to pray about everything. So if you would like a copy of that book, he gives them out for free. You can go to worrylesspraymore.com and uh, you can download an ebook or get a free copy of an actual um, book that you can hold and read. And it's a really cool, like, thin book with a really cool uh, cover. So you'll really enjoy that. So I just encourage everyone to go get a copy of Chris's book. Um, and Chris, as we're, as we're sitting here talking about all this stuff, breaking back into it, what are a couple ways that somebody, you know, if they're listening to the show, could say, I want to live a lifestyle like that. I want to be more prayerful in everything that I do. What's, what's a couple of easy ways that they could do that? Yeah, man, that's good stuff. I'm glad you asked. Well, one of the things is, like, if you were here, I want to pose this question to our listeners. If me and you were both salesmen, right? Like, say we had to sell vacuum cleaners. So me and TJ are hired by a businessman, and me and you set out at our area's Ocean City. But I'm only knocking on two doors a day, and then I'm going to Starbucks, Right. You're knocking on 100 doors a day. I mean, you're hustling. You're banging on some doors, right? Mathematically, who do you think is going to sell more vacuum cleaners? Will it be me knocking on two doors a day, or would it be you knocking on 100 doors a day? What do you think? Simple answer, me knocking on 100 doors. Simple answer, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it's true. It's sheer mathematics. And when I share that, most people get it, right? And I would pose the same question with prayer. If somebody wants to get started this lifestyle, who do they think— or who do you think would see more answers to prayer? The person that seldom prays or the person that prays about everything? Who, mathematically, let's just talk mathematically, who, would, who has a better chance or better odds of seeing more answers to prayer? The person that rarely prays or the person that prays about everything? Right, you know, it's going to be the person that prays about right, everything. Right, it's obvious, right? And you can even equate it to, like, on an earthly level, like, if I ask you to do 100 favors for me and, you know, my friend over here asks you to only do two favors for them, Right, you know, that's good. It, yeah. There's a there's a percentage there that you know. Good analogy. It, yeah, it's it's the same same exact principle, and you can you can look at that in any aspect of life, which is why I love it so much when you bring it up in the book. Yeah, it's totally actually changed my thinking, and I've gone from just praying about the really important things to like even like you said about a milkshake, praying right. about simple things. Yeah, simple things to the big things because it cultivates 
you know, uh, that heart of thanksgiving once you start to see God show up. So it reinforces a lot of things about your faith, first of all. A dead prayer life, one that seldom prays, you know, you might still go to church and you might believe and you might, but you're going to, you're, you're not going to just, I don't know, it's just not going to be the same for you because you're not going to be seeing God show up in your personal life. So I would say, based on that, what we're saying is a, a lifestyle of praying could start one way is by praying about everything. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. You know what I mean? Or, or the word of God says, you have not because you ask not. So meaning, you know, hey, man, all answers to prayer don't automatically happen. You got to do something. You got to pray, right? I, I I know of a guy that goes to our church. He had a a, a camper. You know that uh, what do they call it? A fifth wheel. It gets locked into the back yeah. of a big dually pickup. Well, he was selling it for ten thousand dollars. Kind of the same story with Matt Glancy, but he w- had it for sale for ten thousand dollars, and uh, he couldn't sell it. I mean, I'm talking like for a year. So his wife started getting on him. She said, "Hey, did you pray about that camper, George? Did you pray about it?" And he goes, no, I didn't pray about it. No, I didn't pray about it. No, I didn't pray about it. Finally, he surrenders. He prays about it. Okay? He says, Lord, now what are we doing when we shift into that mode? We're asking the Lord thy God, the Holy One of all the universe, to help you sell a camper. Because God's a father, right? And I don't think you're asking for anything crazy. you got a burden on your heart. The Bible says to cast your burden on the Lord, Psalm 55, 22, and he shall sustain you. So he surrendered. He prays about it. Two days later, he said a 25-year-old kid, I know you're 29, but he said a 25-year-old kid. That's right. Kid, That's a kid, a 25-year-old. A 29-year-old is, is a man. I'm just telling you what he's told me, right? <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect. <laughs> well, that four years, there's a lot in that four years. I know. There's you know? a lot in a few years, but here's the kicker. The guy comes in with $10,000 cash. He says, so he's used 25 years old to, to, to heighten the, the, the say. You know how rare that is? A 25-year-old kid walks into my yard with $10,000 cash and buys the camper after me finally praying about it. Total miracle, totally crazy, and nothing but God. So I would say anybody wanting to get started in this lifestyle would have to begin to pray about everything. And then uh, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but the main important step would be this. You got to know God, not just as a God, but as a father. You know, you have to know God as a father. And I talk about a story where I did a financial investigation when I was in the state police. A guy stole half a million dollars from a casino. And I had to go into the Supreme Court of that county, Atlantic County, and get a warrant signed. Listen, TJ, I was not getting access into the private chambers of a superior court judge where he's got pictures of his ski trips with his kids, pictures of Christmas, pictures of Florida on his desk. You're not getting into those private chambers right? Unless you have access. I had access because of the investigation I was doing because of my position of a trooper. Well, it's hard for people to realize this, but you're not getting access into God's throne room with prayer unless you, unless you have permission, unless you have access. The Bible clearly, clearly lays it out for you. It's not that hard, but there's only one way you're getting into that throne room, and it's if you're a child. And what blew me away about the Bible was in Ephesians 1.5, it talks about this word, adoption. The word adoption is in between the pages of the Bible. So once God adopts you as his very own daughter, his very own son, you have access into his throne 24-7. Your prayer life is just really birthed right then and there. And you access God as a father. You actually literally transform an almighty God into a dad, right? Through the means and the mechanism of Jesus Christ. So basically, Jesus Christ came to this earth to die 
for our sins because he was sinless. So something has to die for everybody to be forgiven, right? The wages of sin is death. So once you make that first initial step, you say, you know what, Chris? I believe that. I believe Jesus Christ was sent to this earth to die for my sins. I've been to church all my life, but I never really accepted Jesus Christ. I've been baptized. I've followed the commandments. I follow the sacraments. I take communion. I do it all. But I'm not experiencing God as a father. That was me, TJ, at 30 years old. I was going to church, and on a midnight patrol, another trooper shared that message with me about really knowing God as a father, basically. Three days later, I went home. I told my wife all about it, got on my knees in the living room. She got on her knees next to me, and we asked Jesus Christ for forgiveness of our sins and to come into our lives, like officially, like, you know, for the first time. And then when I got up off my knees, I didn't see lightning strike or anything else, but I was different, right? Because God had adopted me. Now I have access into his throne. Then I started praying about these little things, started seeing God show up, and the rest is basically history. So the two steps I would like to highlight, there's more, you know, and, and you, like you said, thank you for mentioning a book. They can get the book and read all the other steps. But the first step is to know God as a Father, not just a God, through Jesus Christ. The second step would just start praying and practicing about everything. So I know you've made that commitment, too, to, to the Lord, and, and uh, you know, I know you're thankful for it. And anybody listening right now, this is Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving. And if you want to just really highlight Thanksgiving— and be thankful for something, I would challenge you right now, if you're listening to the sound of me and TJ's voice, why don't you put up the white flag, surrender your life to Jesus Christ, officially ask him into your heart right now, and for forgiveness of sins, thank God on Thanksgiving for sending his son to be born of a virgin, to go in a desert 40 days, to fight Satan, to be tempted to sin by Satan. However, Jesus remained sinless. So we have a first. We have somebody that's walked this earth that has never sinned, although tempted. That's why Jesus is often referred to as the second Adam. And, and the first Adam failed. But if you put your faith, if you're listening to us right now, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you ask him to come into your life, I can guarantee you, you will be adopted by God. You might not feel any different, but you will be different. Then you start to practice. They say practice makes perfect. perfect. Right. So you start to practice prayer. And, and you start to pray about everything, you'll see God show up, you'll be reinforced in your faith, and you'll start to grow in Christ, and you'll be more thankful. It's just, uh, it's that simple. Chris, that's really good stuff, man. I really enjoyed our time together today. So anybody listening out there, you can catch us next week, every Thursday, the Worry Less, Pray More radio broadcast. Um, if you want more information on Chris and what he's doing, you can go to the Worry Less, Pray More website at worrylesspraymore.com. We also have an app for any iPhone or Android phone can be found in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. You can submit prayer requests and contact us via the website or the app. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.